Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Odiri Gitogo. I'll be your host. In today's show, we have Mucha Mlingo, founder and lead change maker at PTS Africa and an award-winning emotional intelligence practitioner and master trainer. Mucha Mlingo is one of the panelists who will be participating in the Kenya Bankers Association Leading Women in Finance e-conference, which will be taking place on the 15th to 16th of October. My guest and I will talk about emotional intelligence and uh, gender equality in the financial institution. Welcome to the show, Mucha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today and uh, for to participate in the conference itself next week. Yes. What is, what is your experience with, with gender equality in consultancy? Um, that's a really great question. I've been running my consultancy firm now for um, since 2010. So we are now uh, 10 years old. And the reality is that there are there are a lot of challenges that uh, women in consultancy face. It's, it's an interesting mix because if I look at the work that I have done in the past as the chair of the Organization for Women in International Trade, OIT, the Nairobi chapter, what we found is a large percentage of our members were actually in consulting and more particularly in the services space. So what we know is that consulting and services are really a low barrier to entry for women. And so very many women pivot either from you know, their working careers into running their own consultancy firms. So we have a lot of women in, in Kenya and I'd like to imagine you know, across East Africa who are in consulting, running their own consultancy firms. Mm -hmm. The challenges we have though is a lot of these consultancy firms remain small businesses that are not necessarily uh, bidding and competing to get some of the big consultancy projects that exist. And so that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges. And a lot of the, the work that we did uh, during my time in OIT, work that continues even to this day, went into identifying why that is the case. And what we know is that women face you know, those barriers that are often talked about that mean that they're not able to really take up their space and grow their businesses so that they are competing with the kind of big, uh, the big boys, let's call them that, yes. and being able to compete for larger projects so that they're not you know, continuously managing small projects um, that really uh, hinder their ability to grow. And those challenges have been spoken about in, in very many forums. Uh, very briefly, we have access to finance, in order to scale up your business, you need to be able to get access to finance, even in consulting, which may seem like it's something that you can do without a lot of money. But if you want to grow, you need finance. Uh, the other is access to information. Access to information is, is really important um, and access to opportunities. So being able to know about the opportunities that exist, um, being able to find out these opportunities to bid for uh, some of these uh, larger projects. And then the last one is capacity. So being able to build the capacity and capacity speaks to the woman who runs the business herself. And also really capacity speaks to uh, being able to understand that you may need to partner together with a number of consulting firms so that you're able to successfully bid for some of those big projects. Okay. 
I like I like that you have highlighted uh, access to information and access to finances. Uh, some of the some of the of the challenges that consultancy women consultancy mainly face, and I think that cuts across even other businesses. Yes. Uh, how, 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 how can you say businesses can better approach supporting women in times of crisis, for instance, uh, during, during like this COVID-19 period? Um, that's a great question. And, and I think if I look at that question and I approach it from the angle of, you know, organizations, large organizations, right? Um, what we know is that there are already very many challenges that women at work face. And what research is showing is that the impact of COVID-19 are actually hitting women disproportionately hard, right? So women are more likely than men to work in low-paying, insecure, informal jobs. Women also make up the majority of uh, healthcare professionals and essential workers who are at the forefront of dealing with COVID, which means they are at higher risk in terms of their health and safety. And then, you know, women also are challenged because we know that for the most part, women are the ones who bear the burden of, um, you know, childcare and the, what we call unpaid work um, that they are having to deal with. So, you know, parents are now having to manage round the clock childcare with children being at home and at the same time trying to meet deadlines. And what we know is that women tend to take up more of this burden than men. And so in order to support women, organizations, companies should, you know, first of all, really look keenly at what they're doing to support women in offering, you know, flexible work arrangements, in making sure that they help uh, women to ensure that they're able to provide the care that they need to provide at home and still be able to deliver on their work. I think right now it's really important to allow increased flexibility. What we, what we know is that oftentimes people who are working from home are actually able to be more productive, but that can only really happen if uh, women are allowed the flexibility. What I mean by that is, you know, not sticking to that rigid, it must happen between nine and five mentality, understanding that at you know, different courses throughout the day, women may have to attend to, you know, the, to be caregivers uh, in their homes, right? Okay. And so flexibility, I think is uh, extremely important. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to the idea of uh, flexibility, um, I think it's also really important for organizations to understand that they really must be intentional about ensuring that women's representation and inclusion is, um, is of paramount importance in all planning and decision-making. It's really important as organizations are looking forward, it's really important as organizations are looking forward to what life looks like post-COVID that they are including women in all those decisions that are being made. Because we know that you know, diversity is all about the fact that we have you know, very different approaches, very different perspectives to um, the, the things that, that, or how things should be done. When we talk about ensuring that women are part of the decision-making process, it's not because women are necessarily smarter. It's because women are different. So the way they look at things is different. And it is that difference that organizations, organizations must leverage 
um, at this time. So I think it's really important that uh, we ensure, organizations ensure that women are participating in all the decisions and all the planning that um, they have made, that they are making. Yeah. The last thing um, I would say is mm -hmm. that it's really important that organizations are providing support that um, addresses the unintended consequences of stay-at-home measures. Well, what we know and what we've heard is that, for example, domestic violence is on the rise. And so organizations need to make sure that they are providing support um, in, in different ways that uh, will, will really uh, create a space for those who are facing those challenges while they are working from home. Uh, so companies can really help direct employ employees, uh, female employees, mm -hmm. uh, to needed services, including things like domestic violence hotlines um, and, and, and supporting uh, the kind of emotional well-being um, of, of their staff. So I think those are the three things that I would say would really go a long way in supporting uh, women uh, as they are working from home and as they are really navigating this uh, pandemic. I, I really, I really like your point about uh, supporting women through uh, flexible work arrangement, which I think uh, with the new normal and remote working, it will go a long way to to support to support more women into the workplace and uh, avoiding what you have called uh, a rigid timeline to work with. And also on that, on that, uh, on the unintended consequences of stay-at-home working, I think uh, we also we also need to bring to bring that forward especially on the domestic violence hotline and uh emotional support for women and uh workers in general yes yeah uh, as as an as an emotional intelligence coach what are some of the lessons you have learned during during your journey that may help women succeed in the workplace what I would say for, for women in the workplace is to understand the value and power of your emotions. The reality is that emotions drive behavior. Whether this happens visibly or beneath the surface, ultimately our emotions really impact the way that we show up at work. And so in light of that, there are a number of tips, three tips I'd like to share that I think will really help women know that um, of themselves yeah. and considering the fact that oftentimes as, as women at work you are required to do so much more than your male counterparts in able to in order to uh, to achieve in order to, to to be as visible as they are I think this is really important so the first is the first tip really is to be honest with yourself. Self-reflection is really important. It's, it's very important that you really develop the habit of introspection, understanding who you are, understanding how your emotions are affecting you, understanding what your triggers are, understanding what your uh, emotional highs and lows are so that you are better able to navigate them. When we are mindful of what our emotions are, we are better able to navigate them. So it's really about being able to identify what you need to keep, what is good, identify what is not working for you so that you can start working through it. So that's the first tip I would give. 
The second tip I would give uh, women at work is this idea of being able to pause. This idea of being able to pause. We often tend or we often allow ourselves to get to a place where we are very reactive to what is going on around us. In order to really practice emotional intelligence, we must take a pause. The reality is that every individual has the power to choose to respond rather than react. The emotional part of the brain is really powerful. It's powerful enough to override rational thinking, but we can pause. We can, in that moment where emotions seem to be taking over, and the temptation is to either, you know, respond by a word or by action, just take a pause and ask yourself, what options do I have? Very few things at work, and to be honest, in life in general, require an immediate reaction. Very few things. In, in most cases, we can pause. That pause and a mindful response actually will help to uh, increase effectiveness at work. Um, and then the last thing I would say, and, and this is really important for us as women, is to be kind to yourself. You know, stop holding yourself to an unrealistic expectation or an unrealistic standard of perfection. You know, rather it's take time to admit where you have made mistakes, accept the responsibility for any negative consequences, and then figure out how to move forward, figure out how to learn from uh, those experiences. I think as women, we hold ourselves to a really high standard and we beat ourselves up a lot rather than focusing on what learning can I take from this experience. So I think those are the three tips that I would share. And remember, these tips are based on the premise that emotions drive behavior. And it's extremely important that we tune in to our emotions and learn how to navigate those emotions rather than having those emotions control us. Uh, interesting. Uh, I, I, I really like the, the summation of the three points that uh, emotions really drive behavior. And uh, the, the point maybe I've gotten is, is to be kind to, to yourself and uh, hold yourself to what we can maybe call a realistic, realistic expectations. Yes? Yeah, at, at this juncture, at this juncture, in a nutshell, what, what are some of the things we should look forward to in your discussion in the upcoming Leading Women in Banking and Finance e-conference? Thanks, um, Wandiri. I think I'm really, as I mentioned earlier, excited about participating in this uh, conference uh, next week. And I think because the pandemic has demonstrated, even to those who previously were naysayers, the importance of, and the value of our emotions. Having gone through this pandemic, I think it's become very clear that emotional intelligence is a skill that's not just nice to have, mm -hmm. it is an essential skill. So what we'll be talking about in the session, and it will be a very interactive session, so all those who will attend the session will actually be practicing emotional intelligence as we go through. We'll be looking at you know, the three um, elements of EQ. And so that is really how do you build greater self-awareness so that you can understand what is it that you may be doing that is holding you back from achieving success in your career. We'll be looking at how you can then leverage that information 
and make choices to respond to the different challenges that may come your way in your career. And lastly, underpinning it all, we're going to be talking about, you know, how purpose is at the heart of emotional intelligence, this understanding of your reason for being, your why. And we'll be talking about how individuals who are very clear on their why are able to really uh, fuel their, um, their career success. So those, that briefly is what we'll be talking about. And like I said, it will be a very interactive session. Um, and everyone who's joining the session should come with their notepad ready to take notes and to come away from the session with a, a better understanding of themselves and some clear action steps on how they can continue to develop emotional intelligence post the session.